today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Before I jump in this morning, one very important thing I want to cover. This is the one year anniversary of Roe v. Roe v. Wade being overturned. And if the darkness wants to make a lot of noise, the church ought to make noise too, right? So let's give the Lord a hand for overturning Roe v. Wade. Amen. Beautiful. A couple things, just little notes just for you guys. 20 laws protecting infant life in that first year. 20 laws now protecting the rights of each baby born. And I'm telling you, we celebrate life because we celebrate Jesus who gives life. And so we're thankful, thankful, thankful for that. And in the first six months of of Roe v. Wade being overturned, there were 32,000 less abortions. So glory to God for that. Thank you for what he did for that. I just wanted to give you a little tidbits on that. Let's give that a hand one more time. That's worth celebrating. Amen. Very much worth celebrating. So this morning, um, simple message called Preach to the Soul, all right? That's what I titled it. Comes out of Psalm 42. For all my sports junkies in here, 42 in sports world is Jackie Robinson, amen. Now you got to know that, all right? Somebody asks you what number 42 is, you say Jackie Robinson. Many people may have worn it, but only one really wore it, and his name was Jackie Robinson. So uh, we'll look at Psalm 42, but before we get there, uh, I want to, to, to ask you a question. Have you ever heard the phrase or the term, preach to the soul? Anybody ever heard it? it you don't hear it talked about a lot. You don't even hear it preached on a lot. You don't even really understand it uh, if you grow up in a lot of churches today. But the Word of God absolutely 110% will teach you and show you that every day as a believer, as a born-again child of the King, you have got to learn and make a discipline to preach to your soul. You got to. Does this world that we live in that's not our home that we're passing through is constantly, constantly feeding the soul and the body? And if we don't learn how to preach to our soul, we can go off on some funky, weird, goofy thinking. It ain't got nothing to do with the Bible and doesn't even line up with it. Right? And what I want to remind you and want to show you is that you have got to learn to make a discipline in your own body, in, in your own life, to preach to your soul. You're going to do it all the time. you got to do it when you go down Sansi, go to Walmart, United, go to Sod Poodle Game. you got to go on vacation when somebody took your chair. The, all you did was just get up. Your towel's on your chair. You got up and somebody took your chair. There's not a towel on the chair. Mark the chair. Amen? Now you got to go find another chair at the pool. It ain't one. And you so desperately want to go jerk that 
you know, cheer out from under that guy, but mm, what would Jesus do? And I'm not sure. He did turn over tables, but I don't know if he turned over the chair. Amen. So what I'm saying is you got to preach to that soul. Got to preach to it. So I want you to see the diagram uh, on the screen. If you were here a couple of weeks ago, uh, this diagram comes straight out of Scripture. And so many people two weeks ago said, I didn't even know that was in the Scripture. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, will spell all three of those out. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, is right out of the Bible. And the reason it's right out of the Bible <laughs> is because that's how God made you. That's how he made us. Each one of us is made just like that right there. Spirit, soul, and body. It says in scripture that that's what needs to be sanctified. Sanctified means what? That means every day the process of being better with body, with, with my spirit, soul, and body. Justification happens at the cross. Sanctification happens the rest of your life. Welcome aboard, all right? Because we're being made like Christ in the image of Christ, okay? So spirit, soul, and body. In how many people in here know that order in Scripture is important? Order is important, all right? If you don't know that, in life, size is important, amen? All right? So can I ask you a question? Which is bigger? Spirit, amen? This is participation church, all right? All right, spirit, what's second? So there you go, all right? Last, body. You know what the world camps? Two small ones. They feed your body. They want you to look at your body, stare at your body. Why do you think workout gyms have mirrors? Just saying. They want you to see you, you know, looking good. Hope the wife notices. Go home. She ain't going to notice. I'm telling you, all right? Just letting you down now because you ain't going to notice, okay? Put on a couple pounds, you'll notice that, all right? So just saying, that's a whole nother message. Marriage retreat's coming, all right? So what I'm saying is body, soul, body, soul. That's what the world feeds. That's what, it, that's what the world wants. That's what it targets everything, feeds everything, pushes everything, all that stuff, all right? But we, we who are born again have been saved, okay? When we give our lives to Christ and we're born again, all right? We have the spirit living inside of us. We're now walking in an earth suit filled with the spirit of God. We live on a dirt ball, all right? We have an earth suit, but we walk by the spirit. Paul says, keep in step with the spirit, be filled with the spirit, amen? Why? Because if you don't, what takes over? So and body. <laughs> that ain't pretty. It's not pretty, all right? So let's look at this for a little bit, okay? I want to break it down. We're going to get to Psalm 42, but if you don't understand this and you try to read 42, 42 is not going to make no sense, okay? So the phrase, preach to your soul, what, is it, what does the phrase mean? How do you do that? And why do you need to do it? Let's play like a teenager. Why, right? We're going to answer the why, Okay. Why is a good reason, a good thing to answer? So let's look at the soul. I want to take you back a couple weeks. I want to bring you up to what the soul is. So the soul is represented by three different parts of it. It's got three parts, okay? And they're all kind of wind and, and woven together. And, and, and that's what makes us up. That's what makes up the soul. The soul, I said this in the first service, the soul is kind of like an Oreo cookie. Everybody like Oreos? The two outsides, they, 
they'll never hurt you. They won't hurt you. You can dip them in milk all day long, eat them all you want, never gain a pound. That problem is the middle stuff. That mid, and since it was a problem, the world decided, <laughs> let's double it. What? It was already bad enough. Toxic stuff made in some lab make you fat. I mean, dude, does that make it worse? You know why they made it worse? Because why they bought the Oreo was not for the two outsides, they meant it's for the inside. Right? So they said, let's double up. And they doubled up, and guess what? The reason it's still on the shelf, it worked. Right? Sometimes it's not even on the shelf because it works. Right? But, but that's what happens. So the soul... What is the middle of the Oreo? The soul is what wants to be the driving force. It's why you buy the Oreo. Nobody ever buys the Oreo for the two plain ones on the side. None. A kid goes, I want the outside. No one wants the outside. They want the middle. Amen. That's why you save the middle for last. That's why you, you, you just love the middle. All right? The soul's the same way. Let's look at what it's made up of. The mind. Woo, the mind, the mind, how we think, how we reason. If our mind is jacked up and we think wrong, what are we going to do? We're going to reason wrong. Be you transformed, not of the world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay. I have to have the mind of Christ. All right. Why? Because if I don't have my mind transferred, trans, uh, and, and my mind's not different. I don't have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of the world. The world drives me to my soul and my body. If I don't have my mind being transformed by the renewing of God's word every day, then I don't think any different than the world thinks. But God says, no, 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 you bear my name now. You're a child of mine. I need you not to operate like the world operates. I need you to act like a stranger in the world, living in an earth suit, living on a dirt ball, but you're now, you're now bear my name. I need you to operate like that. So every day our mind needs to be flushed. Why? Because we need to think like he thinks, not like the world thinks. Oh, it's easy to think like the world. Just get up, fall into some flip-flops, wrinkled shorts and a t-shirt that won't match. You look like the world. That's you just go operate, right? But he says, I need you to be renewed by your mind. Why? So your reason for your things you do will mirror me, all right? Mirror me. So your mind, your will, Woo, the will, which makes choices. Greatest thing he ever gave man, freedom of will. Worst thing he ever gave man, <laughs> freedom of the mind. Choice, free will to do what he wants. We see the beauty of it. We see the ugly of it, okay? But it's what he gave man. No other creation has it. So you got the mind, you got the will that we do things. And it's also made up of, woo, maybe the worst, the emotions, all right? The emotions, emotions which believe. People say, well, you have your truth and I have my truth. (laughs) No, there's not two truths. One truth. One God, one truth, one word. This is the word of God, the truth of God's word. God inspired, God breathed, God's word. This is truth. Here before you were hatched, be there after you go back to the ground in in a box. This is truth. You're not supposed to come up with your truth because God made you. You're supposed to do God's truth because he made you. 
You need to get up under the truth. Understand there is one truth. There's not multiple truths. It's not you have your truth. You have your truth. You have no, ain't, that ain't multiple choice stuff. No, none of the above. There's God's truth. And see, we have a world that wants, wants everybody to get up under whatever truth they decide they want to pick. No, it's not our job to put God under our truth. It's our job to put our hiney under God's truth. We align our lives up with God. That's what we believe. Our emotions will tell us that we can believe however you want to believe. No, you can't believe however you want to be. Jesus is very clear. There is a way. There's a truth, a life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Well, that's very narrow-minded. Yes, it is. He says, wide is the, broad is the road that leads to destruction, but narrow is the way that leads to heaven. There is this narrow. I didn't come up with it. He did. I'm just repeating. And, and what we have to understand is there is one truth, all right? It's what we believe, what we feel. How many of you know feelings can get you in trouble? Don't live life based on feelings. Don't teach your children to, to, to base their life how they feel. Listen, there's a lot of things in life you've got to do that you don't feel like doing. I hadn't come up on a red light yet that I feel like stopping at. Y'all, I'm doing just fine. I'm good. Not speeding. I'm cruising. And then I'm like, seriously? I don't feel like stopping. Well, law says you got to stop. Well, I don't like the law. I'll interpret the law how I want to. I'll just come up with my own truth. That truth doesn't apply to me. I have Jeff's truth. No, you're going to stop. I'll pay the consequences. Listen to me. When I was a teenager, I told my dad one time, I don't feel like going to work. That didn't go well. Son, rest of your life, you're going to have times in your life you don't feel like doing something. But you got to do the right thing because the right thing to do no matter what. So get up and go to work. I, I didn't want to go to school. Amen. I, I wanted to tell coaches a lot of times, if you ain't running, I'm not running. You don't tell a coach that. Coach says, run, you run. You don't base your life on feelings. Feelings will lie to you. They're driven by emotions, okay? If you go by life, by what you feel, you will never glorify God. I'm just telling you. Because you're going to go by your feelings and it's going to be a train wreck. Don't teach children. Don't teach yourself that based on life and go with life based on your feelings. Don't do that, all right? Last thing is what you remember, okay? It's what you remember. Our emotions handle what we believe, how we feel, what we feel, and what we remember. These are all mechanisms, mind, uh, your mind, your will, and your emotions. They all tied to the soul. If you feed that soul all the time, you feed your feelings, you feed your emotions, you feed all this stuff. If you feed the soul uh, more than you feed the spirit, the soul will direct your life. It'll lead your life. That is not the way you're designed. Which shape is bigger again? Spirit. What is supposed to be bigger in your life? Spirit. So when you feel like this, you have to go back to the word of God. So if your child comes home and goes, mommy, they told me I was fat. It hurt my feelings. What does the Bible say? I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Okay, good night. That's it. Don't entertain the feelings. Don't say, well, you know, if they had a nicer mom. No, you, no, don't do that, okay? Listen to me. When your children say something to you about their feelings, you correct them and you show them to go back to the word of God. You're gonna grow up in adult world. Junior high is just a, it's just basically practice, basically, for adult world. If you haven't picked up on that yet, okay? And so when you go to adult world, adult world will hurt your feelings also. They will say things about you at work 
in the stores, all over the place, online, people on the phone, all the time. He'd say, well, I'm not going to go to work tomorrow. They hurt my feelings. No, you're going to go to work tomorrow because you've got to go back to what? Adult world about what the Word of God says about you. You walk in the truth of God's Word, not in your feelings, okay? Your feelings will change. Your feelings will, man, what you ate the night before controls your feelings. Lord, help. Yeah, amen, that's... It will, all right? So listen to me. That's, that's what the soul's made out of. You feed the soul, soul gets bigger, drives your life. Is the soul supposed to drive your life? No, the spirit is. Spirit is. So let's look at Psalm 42. I want to go down, kind of break out some scripture. Not going to read them all. Not going to read the whole thing. Just want to take it chunk by chunk because what you see in Psalm 42 is a battle between what? The soul and the spirit. That's what you see in all the time, all right? That's what you see the whole time, all right? Let's see how he does it. Psalm 42, verse 1 and 2. As a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul is thirsty for God, for the living God. When can I go meet with God? Listen to him. His soul, his soul is empty and thirsty. And what does he say? When can I go meet with the world? No. When can I go meet with God? Who satisfies your soul? God does, not the world. But if our soul, our emotions, our memory, our feelings, our will, what we want to do, if we, all that's driving the ship, you're going to run to the world who just says, oh, come, come. It's all about you. Be selfish. If you're happy, everybody should be happy. And if they're not, they can get over it. No, you're not driven by that. Look at Psalm 63. Go over a couple pages. Look at Psalm 63. Verse 1. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul, what? Thirsts for you. My body, what? Longs for you. What are two things up here? My soul and my body. Two things that are smaller than the spirit. Why are they in trouble? They longing for God. Their soul's thirsty. Where are they supposed to go? Supposed to go to God. See, when you understand body, soul, and spirit, you understand Psalm differently. Full of body, soul, and spirit stuff, okay? My soul thirsts for you, my body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I've seen you in the sanctuary, but held the power of your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the riches of food. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. What is he needing? His soul is absolutely parched. Parched. You can go to the world to fill up, and you can go to God to fill up. Look at Psalm 23, one of our favorites. All right, go to Psalm 23. See it again. Verse one, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Mm, those are gorgeous. We got some of those, amen? Green pastures. Them cows are like, mm, this good. That beats the heck out of that dry, brittle, crispy, dusty junk, all right? This, man, that grass just waving at us right now. That's good, amen? Why? Because it satisfies. Good to eat. Amen. He makes me lie down in green pastures. What else does he do? He leads me beside quiet waters. And why does he do those two things? 
<laughs> you ask. Word tells us he restores my soul. See, our soul gets empty, gets thirsty. It needs quietness. It needs to be nurtured. It needs to be fed. Where do we go? To the world? No. Social media? No. No, no, no. None of it's going to do it. Finest of foods, what he said. Biggest house, best car, best style, looking good. Don't matter because your soul is thirsty, hungry, needy, weak. It, it got to be fed. And the only one that can feed it is the maker of the soul. His name is Jesus. And if you go there, it'll satisfy you. If not, you're going to run the wrong way. And what you feed, what you feed gets bigger. And what calls the shots? You feed your soul too long, you'll, that's what will drive the ship. It'll get you in trouble every time. Every time. The psalmist says, like a deer runs the water, boy. Quiet waters. Lush grass. What's it there for? nourish my soul. Listen, you can, you ever, you ever try to drink rushing water? Not very easy. If you're not real careful of rushing water, you fall in, you downstream. <laughs> you drink it more than you want, <laughs> right? Quiet waters, you can scoop it up and drink it. Why? Because God quiets your life and then he pours quiet water on you so you can be nourished. Your soul can be nourished. You got to nourish it. Verse three, Look what he says in verse three. My tears have been my food day and night. Hmm, Never been there. While men say all day long, where's your God? Where's your God? Where's your God? You had those moments in your life? Tears all night, tears all day. Even people you love, friends, where's your God? Where's this big God of yours? You got to understand, man. You got one place to run to. When the soul and the body are starved and when stuff like that happens, you run where? You run to the king. You run to his presence. All right? Go back to that screen one more time. The body and the soul. Right? He says, where is your God? In, in James 4, 7, he says, if you will draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Where is God? Right where you left him. All you got to do is go right where you are because he'll take your body and soul and he'll do in you what you desperately need big time and what nothing else can do so that the spirit becomes the biggest part of your driving force. That becomes the biggest part of your life. The spirit is around the soul and body for a reason. Why? Because he wants to cover you with his wings. He wants to be your shelter. He wants to be your protector. Why? Because he knows your soul and body, which he gave you, does not need to be on the outside. Do you want your soul out there? No. Why? Because the soul does what? Feelers. Then you get what? You have insecurities. You get your feelings hurt too easy. You go pout because everybody hurts your feelings. You see what happens? The soul's out here. That's what taking the blows. If the soul is inside the spirit and somebody says that you're ugly, that just hits Jesus and bounces right off because Jesus says what? You're a jewel. You're beautiful. You're gorgeous. He don't even get to his kids. But too many people have their souls outside and the spirit's little bitty. No, can't be like that, right? Verse four, look at verse four, what he says. These things I remember as I pour out my soul. As I used to go to the multitudes leading the procession of the house of God with shouts of joy and thanksgiving. Listen to me. Don't let things 
happen to you on the outside or in your soul that keep you from the house of God. Don't let them. You'll want to cover your sheets. You want to hide in bed. You want to pull the blinds. You want to stay in there where it's safe and nobody can hurt you. And you've been hurt before. You say, no one's going to hurt me again. So I pull in. I put on a shield. I put on this big old thick outside layer. You say, I'm never going to let nobody inside of me again because I don't want them to hurt me. The problem is that, 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 that junk you put around you to protect you from all the people that hurt you, also protecting you from God's love. And he can't even get to you. He can't hug you, man. He can't hug you because you can't get to you, all right? Listen to me. Remember, mm, you got to remember, and you got to remember how good he is, and you got to walk right back into the house of God. Why? Because you need to be in the house of the Lord. You say, well, this is going to judge me, going to look at me, going to make fun of me, that no one's going to talk to me. No, this is exactly where you need to be. Don't let the things of the world, when your soul gets wounded, when you get hurt, keep you from the outside of the house. You need to come inside the house. Because it's then and then the most you need church. You need to be hugged on, loved on, you need to be spoken to. Don't hide in shame. Don't run away from the church. You come to the house of God. You come to the house. Look at five. You got to preach to your soul. Look at verse five. Wow, downcast, oh my soul, why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. How do you preach to your soul? Every day remind yourself who he is. You got to preach to your soul. Why? Because right now your soul is being tormented. Right now you're hearing lies and you're hearing defeat and you're hearing you're not enough. But you got to preach to your soul. Every day you got to put your hope in God. You got to know who he is. You got to preach to you all right, until that soul rises up. All right. Why? Because you fed that soul for so long, it thinks it's in control. It does. But the soul has got to be submitted to the spirit because you're a spirit field believer. You're keeping in step with the spirit. Let's keep rolling. Verse six. Look what he does in verse six. My soul is so downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the lands of, Ju- of the land of Jordan and the heights of Hermon and from Mount Messiah, Mazar. Listen to me. Habakkuk 2.2 says when God gives you revelation and God does something, you write it down. Why? So you can remember it. What is one of the things about the soul and the emotion side is remembering. You can't remember. One of the greatest things the enemy fights the believer with is short-term memory loss. You forget how good he is and how faithful he's been to you. Write it down. Write it down in your Bible. Write it down in the margin. Write it down in a journal and date it. This is when God showed up in a big way. This is how God provided. This is when it didn't look good on paper. God came through. This I remember. This I remember. This I remember. This I remember. What are you doing right there? You preach to your soul. Because everything you visibly see with your eyes, your body, and your soul, how you feel, what you see, they don't, you don't see an answer. You don't see a way out. You don't see how God can come through but you know God's good. You know he's working on your behalf when, even when you're sleeping. You gotta understand that God is for you, not against you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. When my wife was walking through cancer for the second time, I'm gonna tell you, she crayed up on a bathroom floor crying and mess, but worship is just echoing through the house and she's worshiping the best she can in a fetal position, crying out for because chemo and all that junk is just ripping her insides apart. And how do you worship in the wilderness? You got to remind yourself how good he is from the mountaintop. If you're waiting for a mountaintop, you may not get it. Can you worship him in the wilderness? 
You got to remember. That's what he's doing right here. He's just, he's listing how he saw God be good. Verse eight, he talks about how great God's love is. He says, day and night, he directs his love to me. And at night, he sings with me a prayer to my God for my life. He said, man, God's love is all over me. God's singing all over me. He's, he knows how good he is. But then look at the soul one more time. All right, here's the soul, the battle. The spirit says, God's good, God's good. He sings over me, he loves me. Then the spirit goes, oh, you're not giving me any love. I'm about to rise up off the floor like a heavyweight champion. You thought you knocked me out. You knocked me out. And he gets back up and he says, oh, you used to satisfy me and your emotions and your feelings and all that stuff. Now I'm about to come up here because you haven't been showing the feelings, your soul, no emotion, no love. You've been giving it all to the spirit. So here comes the soul just fighting again. Look at verse nine. I say to the God of my rock, mm, that's good stuff. Nothing wrong there, amen. Then look what it says. Why have you forgotten me? Why must I go on mourning? Oppressed by my enemy, my bones suffer mortal agony. I mean, he just said, you got him, I rock. And then the soul goes, yeah, but look at my body, just tearing it apart. Look at my situation, look at my circumstances. See, the, the soul, boy, I'm telling you, the Oreo cookie, the middle wants to get all the love. And you're going to face it all your life. The soul so badly wants to be in control the mind, will, and emotions. And you have got to put it under the spirit's control. Otherwise, it's going to rule the roost. It's a battle all the time. Battle. Look at verse 10. You've heard the verse again. He says it again. Oh, where is your God? So he says, it's so, it's so taunting, right? Where is God? Look at verse 11. Why are you downcast, oh, my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. Yes, put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Look over to uh, Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Go there real fast with me. Psalm 91, verse 1 and 2. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. My soul may say, where is your God? Oh, but the spirit that I'm walking in says, oh, I know my God. My God's provider. My God will come through. My God's greater than anything. I trust my God. I trust my God. And your soul says, no, don't trust him. You know how you feel right now? You know what you see right now? You, you know, you're not seeing anything good. You're not feeling anything good. You can't catch a break, man. Nothing working out for you. Just give up. That's what, that's what Job's wife told him. Job said, no, nah, I ain't no, I ain't doing that. No. Shabbat Meshach and Betty God said, you know, you throw me that fire if you want to, but you think I'm bowing my knee to you? No. I got one guy. That's the only thing I bow to. What are they doing all through scripture? Preaching to the soul. You got to preach to your soul, man. Pop that diagram back up again. Spirit, soul, body. I made this statement the other day, or last time. What we give the most attention to will become the most influential. You feed your body, that's all you're going to get the attention for. Right? Decay in every day. We're working hard against it. Look at this. So you feed your emotions, your wants, what you see, all that stuff. 
Some people would have so much more money if they were blind. They buy everything they see. Their carts are always loaded. Seven different stores got carts ready. All they got to do is just hit that button. You got to clean them all out. Say, God, make me blind when I turn my computer on. Be, you'd have a ton of money, promise you. All right? Credit score go through the roof. All right? Your soul, you feed that soul, it'll become big. It'll drive the house. All right? Why? Emotions, feelings, what you see, all that stuff. But the Spirit says, you feed me and I will shelter you with my wings I'll become a protection for you. I will, o- I will oversee everything about your soul and body, and everything with soul and body runs through me. So when you feel a certain way or believe a certain way or think a certain way, you run it all through what? The truth. And if God's word doesn't say it, you don't believe it. And if he didn't say it about you, it doesn't matter what they say about you. You only believe what the Father says about you and nothing else. You run everything through the spirit. What we give the most attention to will become the most influential in our life. So here's the question. What part do you want the most, what part of that diagram do you want to be the most influential thing in your life? What part? You want your body to? You want to live your life bench pressing Buicks and win that way? Nope. At 80, you will not bench press a Buick. I promise. Okay. No matter how bad hombre you really are. All right. You won't be able to do it. Do you want your soul driving your life? You feed that soul, it'll drive it. Or do you want the spirit leading your life? We're called to be spirit-led people. We're called to be filled with the spirit of God, okay? The spirit of God is what has to direct our lives and control our lives, all right? So whatever you're feeding, it will get bigger. And whatever you're starving will get smaller. People get up in the mornings, And the first thing they want to do when they get dressed and get ready is they go to their phone and they pick it up. Now I get, you got to do business on your phone. I get that. But you got to be careful, man. Got to be careful. Because you get on that phone and you start scrolling at stuff, start looking at stuff. And right there next to the, between you and, and, and next to a cup of coffee is a Bible. And you know you need to get in that word because you need to feed that spirit. Because the spirit knows what you're about to walk into today. But you want to look online. What I miss when people say about my picture from yesterday. How many likes did I get? Oh my gosh, my best one yet. Mm, I'm going to do another one today. Oh look, they like my dog. I like my dog too. You see what I mean? The word of God sits right there. Then all of a sudden the storm happens in your life. And you ain't ready for it. You're not ready. You don't know what to do. Why? Because <laughs> there's a saying in farming, when the weather's good, you better put some hay up. <laughs> All right? Because you ain't going to have nothing to draw from when you can't go make hay. All right? You got to store up. You got to get in the word. You got to feed the spirit. Why? Because you're going to be tested. You're going to be tested at work, school, church. You could be tested at church. Amen? You could be tested everywhere. And you got to get in the word because whatever you feed will grow. Whenever you don't feed, hmm. It just dies. And so if you're hungry spiritually and you're crying out for water and you're thirsty and your soul is in need of nourishment, don't go to the world. Go to the Father. He knows what you need. He'll feed you. Okay. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church at Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. 
We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.